Hi, I'm Amy. And I'm Annabelle, and welcome to Escaping Purgatory, a podcast where we re-watch Supernatural and talk about it in hope that we finally escape this show. Join us every week and leave comments on upcoming episodes, and we can escape Supernatural Purgatory together. Huzzah! This week, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 10, Hunted. And I feel like this episode's name implies it was going to be really, like, <laughs> action-packed. But it's really not. Yeah. It's really not. <laughs> I agree. It was, um... It was It was okay. It, the thing is, they had to get to a certain plot point in this episode, and it felt like we were rushing there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. It's, it was a little anticlimactic, I think. Or anticlimactic. Yeah, I agree. I, I think... <laughs> Considering where we left off the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, it the payoff wasn't necessarily there. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, so the writer on this episode was Ryle Tucker, directed by Rachel Talalay. And it oh, has a rating of 8.5, which I'm surprised about. I was thinking maybe this was around a 7. I'll be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, um... But, I mean, at the same time, you have to look at those episodes which are rated at a 7. I don't think it's as bad as Bugs. <laughs> look. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not. I do think Bugs gets a bad rap sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's... It doesn't... It, it definitely doesn't deserve 8.5. Yeah. that. I mean, I think they all trend pretty high because people who are leaving reviews on IMDb are going to be fans of the show that they're leaving reviews on, surely. Otherwise, why would you spend your time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the most part. For the most part. <laughs> Unless it's... Because I'm not sure how the review system or the rating system works in IMDb. Because, like, you know, like Rotten Tomatoes has... Or Tomatoes has, um, like, the fan meter mm. and then the, like, professional critics. Yeah, so, I'm not sure IMDb works on that necessarily. Necessarily. I I don't know to come after to come back to this episode after like the hiatus. Mm-hmm. So it was really underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I mean, even I think in the recap this week, um, we we're kind of seeing where this episode was going. So mm-hmm. they were talking about you know then was all about the special children, about Sam and his abilities, about the demon, about John talking to the demon, about mm-hmm. this. So it was obviously this was going to be a main plot episode here. Yeah. And then when we go into the now, um, we see a sort of a younger man in a therapist's office and he's talking about, well, these like abilities that he has. And obviously in the context of the recap, it's like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> he's one mm-hmm. of the special children. And he yeah. talks about being able to electrocute things, including a neighbor's cat. Oh, the music here. I love this song. It's on mm-hmm. my playlist. Like this, so it's it's White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane, and it kind of gives you that. I don't know when I hear this song in a TV program, it's always kind of something weird's about to happen. Mm-hmm. But then nothing really weird. Ha- oh, I guess something weird happens, but like nothing really weird happens. <laughs> yeah, like so. Usually when when the song plays, it's like the beginning of some sort of i mean we're talking acid trips while listening to this song right 
<laughs> <laughs> like you're you are the whole the whole point is like you're um you know you're yeah. smoking the hookah and the hookah's got something <laughs> it's not supposed to have in it um, <laughs> so so the fact that like I, I don't know why they thought that pairing this to like psychic powers which i think had he used them yeah that would have made sense to what was going on with in terms of the music but it's a good song choice so i can't i'll listen to it all day to be honest because he also he at this point he's referencing like talking to the yellow-eyed man and like how he wants him to hurt people but he doesn't want to yeah so like how does that really play into the song it it was a weird choice yeah I, I agree with you because like yeah if you'd seen him kind of it would have fit better if you, he'd kind of been by himself discovering his psychic powers or like being able to move stuff with his what mind rather than just describing that to somebody else I think it was just a bit odd he kind I, I, I do like the way he tests the, the therapist here where he's like saying I can electrocute people guy obviously doc, the doctor obviously doesn't believe him He's like, would you want to shake my hand on it? Mm -hmm. He doesn't, which is quite telling. What could have been good is like, were there fish behind him in that office? It looks like it. Or am I just imagining that? I might have just been imagining it. (laughs) I I don't remember, but I I know what you're talking about because it was like that kind of fluorescent bulb lighting or colouring, but I can't tell you if it was actually fish. I was fully expecting him, if there were a fish, to electrocute the fish to like prove his point, mm-hmm. which maybe would have made a bit more sense with the song and everything being a little bit odd. I don't know. I'm tr- I'm clutching at straws. <laughs> yeah. There, there definitely felt felt like a section of this episode where they had to cut it to make it fit. Oh yeah, this moves at a pace. This episode. Yeah. Like, so it's... I'm wondering if there was Sorry. something in in that in there that was supposed to happen. Mm, possibly yeah I feel like this was heavily edited this episode I'll be honest mm. because they had so many plot points to fit but I mean you know he's he you're right though he's saying that this yellow-eyed man is appearing to him in his dreams telling him to do bad things and that he has plans for him etc and then nothing really comes of that conversation no and you just see him kind of walking home clearly being followed because they're doing the spooky I'm following you camera angles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like the the mist or fog that's like <laughs> in the city at night kind of thing and of course you know he's just walking along gets to his car and somebody comes up behind him and stabs him in the gut yeah um so one of the many tangents that I'm definitely going to be going on on this episode so <laughs> I don't apologize. Um, <laughs> basically, why wouldn't the demon bring the souls back of his like chosen children? Ooh, that's a good one. Like, why? I guess the first question is why is the demon not protecting them more? Yeah, and especially as they're coming into their powers, they're maybe a bit more vulnerable. I guess it's kind of trial by fire. They have a rate of attrition on these because if they can't survive then what good are they to hell Mm -hmm. maybe which could play into the reasons why they then wouldn't bring them back as like demons for example right Mm. or do you think it's like a a winchester thing only the winchesters can come back or and they're like companions oh 
this is what this storyline bothers like this storyline bothers me okay <laughs> because like the thing is we find out that in the end it's all about sam so what's the point of the rest of them almost <laughs> yeah i mean like it could also be that like yeah it was all about sam but he like needs his support system i say support system in quotation marks <laughs> you know you have like operations of people like a military sort of structure i think before i was saying like they were partly to help his development mm-hmm. um but then yeah possibly could have been some kind of like lieutenants in mm-hmm. the whole apocalypse deal <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah it, it feels weird that yeah they don't like once they're kind of dead they don't really there's no plan for them or anything another so then another part of that is someone like scott i feel like the way he explained it was more of like an accident that he electrocuted the cat rather than like he did it on purpose so he's not really a bad person so would when he dies does he go to hell because he has demon blood in him is that like a forsaken like there's too many questions too many questions (laughs) and he's just like oh sorry you drank demon blood as a baby like you're out i mean to be fair you know angels and every you know are dicks in the supernatural (laughs) so probably (laughs) i mean yeah especially i i think to like naomi when she gets introduced she would definitely have been like hell no yeah I think it's interesting to think about, like, what happened to these people? <laughs> they were important to the storyline once. Uh, I don't know. But Scott's dead. Sorry, yep. Scott. We barely knew you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't uh, de- deserve to die by some random shadowy figure. Yep. But you did. You did. So, title card. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Big, big, big oopsie. Oh, I don't. I don't know if you noticed this. No, they didn't shoot this on the same day. No, they definitely came back and shot it. Yeah, because okay. in that in that last episode, it's at sunset or sunrise. I think it's. I can't remember which one, but it's clearly like the sun is shining brightly because we see the color of Dean's eyes. Now it's overcast and like middle of the day. Okay. Okay. So, it's not not shot all on the same day, which I think is kind of. So it's okay because obviously there's been a month difference as mm-hmm. to when the these two episodes air, but like I think most people consume this one after one after another, like they don't wait a month. So you would be able to tell that it wasn't like the same day. Yeah, I mean this is the thing, but binge watching is a very recent thing because you would have had to wait. There was literally no other thing, and no no other way to do it. Way back well, I when. guess you. You might have bought like the the te- the tapes, not but they wouldn't come out until after the whole season's been released. That's true. That's very so, true. So this is why people don't like filming outside, right? Because like lighting's yeah. terrible. You can't, you um. can't control it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like they would have written this part though, like they, or maybe they didn't want spoilers to come out, so they didn't like they recorded yeah. it like later on. That's a good point. I don't know. Who knows why people yeah. shoot things in the order that they shoot things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we're back at the end of Croatoa, and essentially, yeah. they're still having a conversation by a car in a park somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, or I don't know where they are. 
it basically picks up right where we were left off, right? With Dean like, mm-hmm. Dad told me something. And they're like, what's it gonna be? <laughs> Dean, what did he tell you? He said that he wanted me to watch out for you. Take care of you. He told you that a million times. Well, this time was different. He said that I had to save you. Save me from what? He just said that I had to save you. That nothing else mattered. And that if I couldn't, I'd... You'd what, Dean? I'd have to kill you. And he actually tells him everything. Yeah, he does. Or does he? No, okay. (laughs) 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 Just putting on my, uh, I don't know, Dean Winchester conspiracy hat. So (laughs) Sam's kind of asking him, like, what did he tell you? And he says to Sam that John told him to save Sam. And this, I think, was the lie. So because he he hesitated before he said it, Mm -hmm. I, I think... And this is just me reading into it way too much. But I think that Dean was gonna first tell him that John told him to that he, he needed to kill Sam. Mm-hmm. And then realised that's a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled back at the last second like, oh, dad told me to save you. And then if I couldn't, then to kill you. He mm-hmm. did like a little like easing into it. I don't know if John said the first bit. You don't? To be fair, he could have done. Because, I mean, yes, John would obviously want Sam to be saved rather than killed. Like, that's the... I mean, yeah, he says that, you know, that's the that's better outcome. But I don't feel like the whisper was long enough to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there is there is definitely that. Hmm. That's. I mean, that's a good point. I didn't actually see it that way. Yeah. This is only my headcanon. You do not have to accept it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just... So... So the reason why I'm like, I'm, I hesitate a little bit is also because I kind of agree with you because John sacrifices his life for Dean's life. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he would have if it was Sam. Because he knows that he's like, this whole stuff, like all the stuff with the demon and everything is going on. Would he have yeah. brought Sam back in the same way? I don't know either. Enigma of a man, John Winchester. <laughs> like, I have no Doesn't... idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Mm. But the thing is, he could have said something to that effect. You know, that's how Dean interpreted what he was told. The thing is, we ultimately don't hear John say it, so it's really hard mm-hmm. to know what Dean... Is, is being, it's being filtered through Dean, right? So yeah, right. It's, it's, a, it's a game of telephone, almost. Exactly, yeah. Here's another thing. <laughs> I th- he, John had a little bit more time than I think he anticipated find out that that john didn't actually tell dean why he has to kill sam Mm -hmm. or at least what's been revealed he hasn't told him why yeah other than the fact that this yellow-eyed demon has plans for him but like Mm -hmm. they already kind of know that but they just don't know what the plans are so it's just like i feel like john would have been able to tell him because he did know right yeah that that was my my understanding that the demon a yellow-eyed demon asked John in that scene together, and he was like, he he knew vaguely what was going on. Mm-hmm. So this is it because yes, Dean is coming clean here to Sam about what John said to him, but I don't know how much of that is the full truth, and if he's actually 
giving him all the details that John gave him. And I know I'm joking about like the whisper wasn't long enough because obviously there seems to be some kind of other conversation there. There must have been. Mm-hmm. Must have been. So I, I still don't know if he's still holding something back. I, I think it's interesting. I mean, com- coming back to that, like, dad told me to save you. I wonder if he, he gave more detail as to what that meant rather yeah. than like maybe it wasn't like he he you have to prevent him from doing this mm-hmm. in order to stop this from happening or you have to kill him yes that's so a he, good point yeah so it wasn't just like i have to save you it's like i have to do all the other stuff to save you or i have mm-hmm. to kill you <laughs> Yeah, and I don't think necessarily Sam needs to know all of that. I agree with <laughs> whatever it is he needs to stop him doing. Because I don't think Sam would want to know his like full plan, you know? The whole destiny shtick. Yeah, and I think also it's reinforced here that like, you know, Dean doesn't believe in destiny. So yeah. a lot of his decision making is gonna be based on that. But I mean Sam's reaction to this is pretty fair, to be honest. Yeah. That's quite quite a lot to have to try and absorb. What the hell is that supposed to mean? I don't know. I mean, he must have had some kind of reason for saying it, right? I mean, did he know the demon's plans for me? Am I supposed to go dark side or something? What else did he say, Dean? Felton, that's it, I swear. How could you not have told me this? Because he was dead and he begged me not to. Who cares? Take some responsibility for yourself, Dean. You had no right to keep this from me. You think I wanted this? Huh? I wish to God he'd never opened his mouth. That I wouldn't have to walk around with this screaming in my head all day. After being told that, you know, John didn't tell Dean anything, to be then told, actually, he told me something. And it's like, I have to kill my family. (laughs) But at the same time, he also knows Dean. He knows that Dean is all about protecting his family. Yeah. Deep down to its core. Sam does come to that kind of conclusion, I guess, because he doesn't continue the argument he doesn't like get right up into his face like he does john so that's kind of i guess good um but this this scene also highlights to me why dean is such a compelling character okay because he has to go against everything that he knows true in Mm -hmm. order to complete the last order that his dad gave him how crazy is that (laughs) like his whole life he's been told to save sam Mm -hmm. right and then now it's like save Sam or kill Sam. Yeah. It's, how how do you do that? Like you can't. It's just against the very core of his like upbringing, being as a person. It's you kind of realize the situation that John's put him in, and it kind of explains his his attitude and bloodlust mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Like that that becomes ten times clearer as to why this like murderous person comes out. Because he's shutting down. And because it's an internal conflict, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's two opinions in your head at once. Save my family. Oh, but I might have to kill (laughs) kill them. (laughs) Like, two opposing ideologies that you have to try and fit in your head. So I think Bloodlust was was Dean almost swinging between those two. Like, am I going to be John or am I going to be Dean? Almost. Mm -hmm. And I think even in this episode, there's something said to that effect mm-hmm. but poor poor dean like having a midlife crisis at the age of 27 like oh god that's <laughs> way too much <laughs> i thought it was interesting in how they both react to this situation and i think it's very telling of their characters so sat once sam's calmed down a bit because he's angry 
it kind of goes the anger kind of goes like this sam is angry at dean dean is angry at john they have a little bit of a blowout but then mm-hmm. once it's kind of calmed down sam is on the problem solving train like we can fix this whatever it is we can fix it yeah. and dean's like no we should just lay low and not deal with it essentially is what he's saying yeah so, I mean, ultimately, it takes a little doing, but Sam agrees with Dean's plan to kind of lay low and think about it. Mm-hmm. I think the think about it thing is tagged on there to for, to make Sam happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But, like, he, he begs Sam. And mm-hmm. I was just looking at this scene. I was like, when, when does he ever beg Sam in this way that's not life and immediate life and death situation? But we lay low until we figure out our next move, okay? Forget it. Sam, please, man. Hey, please. Just give me some time. Give me some time to think, okay? I'm begging you here. Please. Please. And I was just like, oh, this makes me uncomfortable. Like, real, this is, this is too much for, like, the first five minutes of this this episode. <laughs> like this is is way too heavy (laughs) yeah it's true like the whole body language like uh, it's yeah it's very stressful to watch actually because you're right they don't often need to convince each other in this way especially in later seasons i feel like they understand each other a bit more and Mm -hmm. although there are still clashes of opinion on what to do and they don't always agree on stuff i don't feel like there's this kind of level of conflict Mm-hmm. They they never go back to this kind of aggression at each other. Yeah, definitely not really. No, not at all. The thing is, once they've had this argument, and once you know Sam does agree with with the plan, with Dean's plan for now, we see Sam do a lot of things in very like quick succession. And this was what I was talking about in this pacing of this episode. This whole section with Sam felt very quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel like there are a few things they could have explored a bit more here. To get Sam on the same kind of footing with Dean character development-wise, he's getting there. Mm -hmm. He is getting there. But I feel like this episode could have done a lot of that work, or maybe it doesn't. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Like, again, even though this is supposed to be like a a Sam episode, which, because he's mostly in it, Mm -hmm. I feel like most of the character development was on Dean. Still, yeah, I agree. It's frustrating sometimes how they write Sam because I want him to be as fully fleshed out and developed as Dean. And I do think that it does happen later on. It just takes a lot longer. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because they stuck Sam in this narrative because the main plot kind of revolves around him. Mm -hmm. He can only react in certain ways to the plot that's, you know? Predestined. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Whereas Dean, we see he can be a bit more nuanced in his reactions to events that are going on because he's almost not, I mean, he is, but he's not on that like destiny path. I, mm-hmm. I, for now, I don't know. Yeah. I'm spouting nonsense. Tell me if I'm making sense. <laughs> <laughs> You're making sense to me, but that's probably because like we're on the same wavelength on in terms <laughs> of like how we feel about this show for the most part. So, but yeah, no, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I, th- I think that's why I don't like this episode that much. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know how they could have improved it. That's the thing. I think it could have been two episodes. I think, honestly, yeah. Mm-hmm. there are other episodes in this season that they could have cut out. 
<laughs> for, <laughs> for a longer um, development on this, I, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And then we have this really bizarre, like, jar in the storytelling because now we see Sam coming out of the side of a motel and he's got like a piece of paper in his hand. It looks like there's an address on it. He arrives at that address and he's going through this abandoned house and we see him get exploded. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I had forgotten. I had forgotten we see Sam explode. (laughs) Full on like CGI explosion. Like he gets engulfed in flame. I was Um, trying to think. So we see Sam explode. We see mm -hmm. Cass explode at some point. Mm Mm-hmm. I was wondering if we ever see Dean explode. I think so. I think so too, but I can't remember when. Anyway, tell me which episode Dean explodes in. I think there is one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think there is. I don't think there is. This is a stupid tangent. Let's get off it. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. But we find out it's actually a woman's vision. Like, she sits up in bed, much like how Sam does from his visions. I thought that was kind of funny. And it got me thinking, like, have you ever woken up like that? Like, or... So, I don't think I've ever, like, sat up after I've been woken up. But, like, I've definitely woken up... I've woken up myself by screaming. (laughs) wow (laughs) um it wasn't like a it wasn't like a long scream it's it's more like a yell yeah um but yeah i've I've definitely done that i think i may have done that also so fun fact for me when i get ill and feverish i tend to hallucinate which leads which has really like fun consequences (laughs) of, (laughs) of um this exact kind of thing. So I have a very clear memory of, of waking up as a child um, when I was ill in bed and following a giant floating strawberry down the stairs. <laughs> like, and I remember it really clearly. Because I, I only found this out as an adult. One of, the, one of the things that used to happen as a child, have you ever heard of Alice in Wonderland syndrome? I I feel like I have from like Bones or something, like one of those silly, or not silly, but one of those TV shows. So I grew out of it as an adult, but as a child, I definitely have this because I remember it. It's again, when you're ill or you're like feverish and you look at parts of your body and think that like your hands are getting bigger or smaller. And for me, it, it kind of, it felt like time was slowing down. It's That's amazing. Very, <laughs> it's very weird. Like I, I, I struggle to describe it to people, but it, you, you feel like, yeah. And then time will catch up with you as well. Like it, everything will feel like it's going very quickly and that you can't slow down. It's really odd. But um, yeah, Google it. It's, I only found out as an adult that's what it was. I just thought everyone got ill like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Huh? Oh. Okay. No, I just had another nightmare. It's fine. It's nothing. Just go back to sleep. You sure? Yeah. And her husband is like, are you okay? We don't actually learn her name at that point, which I think is kind of weird. They're really bad at introducing character names sometimes, but maybe that's only a problem for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like some of them are really bad. Like, I can't remember what episode it was, but there was one where we see a character for multiple scenes, but don't learn their name until like halfway through the episode. But anyway, yeah, so... We don't know her name, but she's like, oh no, I'm fine, just go back to sleep. 
And then we see Sam. So we, so we know that it's a vision, basically. But notice how the stupid frame rate slowdown thing is not <laughs> present in that episode. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. This episode feels sped up. And last episode, they had to pat it out. Yeah. Could they not have like done something? Like, could they have not done the reveal of what John told Dean in that episode and then had the fallout conversation in this episode and make that longer? It would have been just as good a cliffhanger. Yeah, you're totally right. Well, I don't anyway. know. It was, it was dumb. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting angry about that all over again. <laughs> it was, it was stupid. Okay, so Sam arrives at the roadhouse, Ellen greets him and says that Dean's been calling her non-stop asking where he is because obviously he just ditched Dean. And Ellen asks what's going on and Sam immediately reflects. What's going on between you two? So, um, how's Joe? So mm-hmm. unsubtle. We find out that Joe's gone and she's been gone for a few weeks and Ellen says she's out hunting. And Mm -hmm. they kind of have this whole conversation about, like, she doesn't blame them for the fact that Joe's out hunting. It kind of would have happened anyway, probably. Which makes sense, because she's around these type of people all the time. So, of course, she's going to want to do what they do. Yeah. They don't talk about hunting like it's... I mean, some some of them will tell the horror stories, but I'm pretty sure most of them glorify hunting, right? They have to. Yeah. They're the the heroes of their own story, like, full on. (laughs) People do that with their jobs. Like, you can have a really stressful job. You think about, like, first responders, right? Like, I bet they see some, like, terrible stuff. But if you ask them about their job, they're going to tell you, like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Or, like, you know, this Mm -hmm. time we saved this person. So you get maybe, you know, a a different idea of what the job's actually like than maybe what the truth is. And I think hunters could be maybe equated to that. I mean, she also says here that she forgave John for bill um but he never forgave himself and like i wonder how much john actually thought about it (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't think i don't think john has that kind of capacity to be honest yeah i don't (laughs) think so he's a little bit he's i i mean going off of like armchair psychologists yeah like he seems a little bit narcissistic Mm. so Sam's here because he needs help and they grab Ash and again this is all paced very quickly and he wants to look for people that's like him he's asked him to start with the nursery fire and go from there to find the other psychic children have didn't they already do this though to find Andrew or Andy Gallagher in that episode they did the same thing right they did this search I know they were look they were also looking for this in this particular town too but Mm. like wouldn't they have done this already? Like, isn't that the plan? Like, why does Ash go away and do it? Like, I'm sure that he's already done it, you know? Yeah. From the, Even if he didn't do it, like during Simon said, Ash would have been like, maybe I should look up these other kids. <laughs> like, with their ha- weird yeah. house fires. I mean, he only comes back with four people. And those are Sam, Max Miller, Andy Gallagher... And then the guy from the beginning of the episode, Scott Carey, I think his name is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's dead. So yeah. So there's only four kids in the whole country or world. I don't know. We're just going to America here, I guess. So. I think it's the... Yeah. 
that had this particular set of events happen to them, even though we know there's loads of other psychic people out there. Mm-hmm. Which I think your theory is right then, that maybe the demon only did it if he got interrupted in some way. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that that's the only way it makes sense, surely. They're just the unlucky few. Yeah. It well, yeah, exactly. Demons aren't very subtle. That's all I'm saying about that. It's like <laughs> but it's, a very, the... it's a very specific way of killing somebody. Yeah. Cause it, I mean it's not even like so if, let's say the police investigate this, right? How would they explain somebody being up on a ceiling? I mean, maybe by the time they're able to get into the fire, they're not on the ceiling anymore. But then they would have witnesses, like, because people go in, <laughs> like, John saw it and... Just, you know, oh no, oh, a bad thing's happened to you, so you must have been seeing things. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but there's, uh, there's loads of the psychic kids out there, and... So, okay, we see Sam go to Scott's dad's house. I assume that's his dad. And his dad explains about his powers as has suddenly manifested, like Sam's pretending to be an old school friend. And mm-hmm. his dad's saying, well, he's changed recently. And then Sam goes up to his room, finds some pills and the, the, his therapist's name. And also in the back of his closet, he finds all these sort of cutouts of yellow eyes. So it's just kind of confirming that he was involved, I guess. Mm-hmm. This is okay. Again, with the pacing here, I'm just going to complain about this a bit more. I don't know how much some of these bits were needed. Like, there's a bit here with the therapist, you know, finding out who the therapist is, and then later on, like, going to get the files. And I'm like, can they not have just had Sam like look that up online? Like, they've already proven that he can hack into things. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it does. That whole scene uh, may really pointed out to me like how much you can really suspend your belief for certain things. Yeah. So like this whole like demon possession stuff, sure, understand that. But like a random school friend turning up and then <laughs> leading you to the bedroom of your dead son and like unsupervised, so he can then steal pills. Like he doesn't even take like a picture of the name or anything or write it down. He literally takes a bottle that's like perfectly placed. Yeah. So it's obvious that he would have taken it. Like it, none of that whole, none of that scene made sense. Why would you let a stranger? The thing is, even if I knew somebody, right? If I knew exactly who they were and they were like a friend from someone's school, blah blah blah, I still would not leave them unsupervised in their room. I don't feel like that's yeah, just, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Um. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Anyway, it was so another so another thing that kind of was pointed out to me in this episode was like sam's willingness to get people to help him mm-hmm. like so immediately after leaving dean he goes to ellen and yeah. then then he immediately goes to ash dean dov- doesn't have that same kind of forwardness or like he never really lets go of his self-reliance no dean's very much like Dean's quite terrible to Cass when he has a problem. When Cass has, an, has issues later on in the seasons, like when he's trying to solve, it just like disappears. I mm-hmm. feel like Dean does the same. Like he doesn't like ask people for help at all. Whereas like if Sam has a problem that he's trying to solve, he's usually going and like reaching out to other people. You're right. And that like, you know, he would go see, well, in this case, Ellen. But like I think about later seasons, he like goes sees Rowena or go see like... Charlie or Charlie, yeah. So it's just like some some of this again. Some of this stuff could have really been pushed more to 
I know I know they're still kind of establishing their characters, and this is definitely one of those standout moments. Because yeah. even in the beginning of the season, like the first few episodes of the season, Sam was saying like, "Let's call Ellen. We need to mm-hmm. get her on this." And Dean would be like, "No, it's our." Like I think before they talk about like they reveal his psychic powers, which kind of gets addressed a little bit in this episode, kind of. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I think it's I remember you saying in the very beginning you could have swapped Sam and Dean and you they would have been the same person yeah but now we're starting to see them be people but they just mm-hmm. didn't do enough with sam in some aspects yeah i think you're right and they definitely could have pushed him more in this episode sp- specifically so again i'm it's another tangent that got me thinking so we know that the yellow-eyed demon is like seeing some or visiting some of the the children yeah do you think he's purposely avoiding sam Ooh. I think you might be right, actually. That's a really good point. Yeah. Because Sam's the only hunter, right, in this mm-hmm. group. It was pretty unlucky. It was pretty unlucky, actually. If you think about the storyline now, that the demon chose Sam. Mm-hmm. Or, well, no, he didn't choose. I'll oh, see. I'm, like, getting confused now. Yeah, because they start adding details and it's just like... Yeah, it seems at this point here now, it seems pretty unlucky that the the demon chose Sam, considering Mm -hmm. that then John went on a massive rampage against demons (laughs) and supernatural things, um, and that he became a very competent hunter. And ultimately, that kind of turns out even worse down the line once we find out Sam's like the one for this demon. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, that kind of all comes into the narrative anyway, and we find out why that is. But I think you're right, because actually there is some kind of chance here that if the demon does get closer to Sam, that Sam could kind of find out some kind of weakness for it mm-hmm. or trap it in some way. Like they know, they do know stuff. What they yeah. say in Crossroad Blues, we know <laughs> we know <laughs> enough to make us dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think you're right. And also because Sam knows about the demon... If the demon had come to him and been like, do all this bad stuff, I feel like Sam would have pulled even harder in the other direction. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right on that one. Because he, he's also avoiding Andy as well, but I, I think he's he's probably targeting the unstable of the bunch, mm. right? Like the ones who, because if you look at, um, what was An- Andrew Gallagher's brother? Like he, he clearly had some issues going on. Yeah. But he didn't approach Mac. Max, right? I don't think he he mentioned. No, I don't know. I think feel like he might have done. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't remember. But at the same time, that that was six months after the development of the powers, and it seems like the demon is being more involved involved now, which is like we're talking probably about over a year. Right? Yeah, they've I said think like so. over a year ago, I've started to have these headaches and stuff like that. So he's like being a guiding force now. Um, mm-hmm. so with Andy being like quite smart pretty stable and like happy with his life he probably knows that he wouldn't listen to this voice saying or this man in his dreams like go hurt people that's a good point and we knew he was into kind of like moral philosophy and things so mm-hmm. he probably would again like fight against it a bit harder sorry I went on a massive like okay. two massive tangents back to back <laughs> but it's just like there's just 
things that could have been explored. (laughs) (laughs) So we find Sam, he arrives at the Blue Rose Motel. And again, it looks like he's being followed. But it turns out it's the lady who had the vision. Her name is Ava, as we said. And I thought this was really funny. I literally liked it. Like, it's just a role reversal of like, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I saw a vision of you and you died. And he's like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay, look, I know how all this sounds, but I'm not insane and I'm not on drugs. Okay, I am normal. And this is way, way off the map for me. All right, all right, just, just calm down, okay? What's your name? Ava. Ava? Ava Wilson. Ava, I'm Sam Winchester, all right? His immediate acceptance of it, like, completely throws her off. It's hilarious. I love it so much. Like, these are the bits where Sam's, like, really, like, his character does come through, where he's interacting with other people, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, life's weird, but, like, here's the facts. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam tells her about them being psychic. She then switches again and thinks he's crazy. Wait, no, no, no. I, I mean, you must be one of us. Sorry, one of, one of who? One of the psychics, like me. Look, Ava, I have visions too, all right? So, so, so we're connected. (laughs) Okay, so you're nuts. That's great. No, okay, 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 look. Did did your mother happen to die in a house fire? No, my mother lives in Palm Beach. So you don't fit the pattern either. He finds out from her that she's one of these psychics that they can't track because her... Mother didn't die. I think she said she's in Florida or something. I can't remember what she <laughs> said she is. I immediately liked Ava. I think she's a great character. Yeah, me too. Yeah, she's like, she's she's a funnier version of Sarah. Yeah, she is funny. And like, she's a really nice compliment to Sam as well, because they're kind of just as... Awkward together. <laughs> yeah, it's great, actually. But not, but not like a cringy way, just like a... Like they would, they could be best friends, got away. <laughs> yeah, I think so, actually. Oh, I, I liked her a lot. She's very immediately up for things, which I, I, yeah. I really like in a character where they're like, <laughs> something weird has happened to me, but let's just go with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he reveals that she, she saw Scott's death as well. Yes. Tangent number 50,072. <laughs> right. So we have said that when Sam gets a vision, and he goes to interfere it's usually detrimental right the yeah he saves one person but kills another do you think ava's vision is more protective of sam because sam is the one Ooh, yes because she saw scott as well actually i'm I'm maybe not even equating this to sam but maybe because she saw scott as well feels like they're directed actually towards those two people so almost yeah you're right trying to protect them from what's gonna happen i mean we were saying before like why doesn't the demon protect or like look after the Mm -hmm. kids but yeah you're right this is a case of it you know someone's had a vision about them dying and uh, is there to interfere whereas when sam tries to interfere it's to stop his demon children from doing bad things (laughs) yeah he's trying to stop the main plot why are you doing that Yeah, I think you're right. Like, it seems very innocent here with Ava turning up and she's very preppy and very nice. But yeah, whenever they're involved together, I think, you know, like the psychic children are involved together in something, bad stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
definitely. So we see Dean and Ellen's ringing him mm-hmm. and she tells him where Sam is. Now, <laughs> this conversation was weird. Yes. And it was definitely the lighting that made it weird, as well as obviously the acting. But I just wanted to point it out here that this was a weird phone call. <laughs> it's Ellen. Hey, have you heard from Sam? I have. But he made me promise not to tell you where he is. Come on, Ellen, please. Something bad could be going on here, and I swore I'd look after that kid. Now, Dean, they say you can't protect your loved ones forever. Well, I say screw that. What else is family for? So the way, the only way this this scene makes sense to me is mm-hmm. that in terms of how the whole episode's edited, it didn't make sense for them to put it where it was supposed to be, which I think was supposed to be as soon as Sam left. As soon as Sam left the roadhouse, yeah. like he ran out, left his beer there, she turned around and called Dean and said, this is where he's going. Ah, see, I have a different theory. I think Ellen's being held hostage here. Now, hear me out. <laughs> okay. I don't know why this would matter. It's a weird phone call. And she talks to him about like how family matters and how you have to look after family. Mm-hmm. And the lighting here is exactly the same as when Dean reads Sam later. Mm-hmm. Like, it's exactly the same. And I, I feel like something weird happened here because I would imagine that Gordon is there. But why would he care if Dean knows where Sam is? It also, so it would make it would make more sense if I knew exactly where the roadhouse was because it takes time to get to places. Yeah, and because of what happens next, it doesn't, I'm not sure, like, I know, but it's weird. Like, okay, yeah. if, if the phone call is weird and the way that it's mm-hmm. lit is is the same as when, fi- like, fine, spoilers the episode, when Dean is being held hostage by Gordon, it's exactly the same, like, tone of voice, lighting, and I don't know if it's intentional or not, and I can't remember if this comes up again in later episodes. <laughs> so let's just put a pin in it there yeah. and say, maybe this will be revealed later and Amy's remembering something, or maybe this is just me being super weird. Yeah. <laughs> It's never brought up again, but I don't know if we're supposed to suspect Ellen in, in that she told Gordon where to find Sam. I don't know if we're supposed to suspect that because I don't know why, but the way that this was shot made me suspect Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and like her her explanation at the end of the episode, because Dean does confront her about it. Yeah. It feels very short. Like this, it's not really like it's, she's not all that convincing in my opinion. <laughs> I just wonder if they were planning another storyline of Ellen like betraying them at some point and then just dropped it, but it was kind of like built up here a little bit. I don't mm. know. All I know, again, I say it. That phone call was weird. Phone call was weird. <laughs> anyway, yes. I'm, I'm gonna drop it. So Ava and Sam have a conversation. She's like, "Well, I'm out. Like, I I did what I said I was gonna do. You can." I'm I'm trying to save you now I'm gonna go which is I mean it, it makes sense like you you told Sam your vision was he mm-hmm. accepted it end of story but of course Sam doesn't let it go he's like but don't you want to know why <laughs> come here don't you want to know why this is happening to you <laughs> and of course it was like of course you want to know why. Like This is such a weird thing to happen to you, so especially so late in your life. And so, of course, she's like, okay, yeah, I'll help you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so th- this this scene is what you were talking about earlier. Like, she's now in the doctor's office, and Sam's yeah. outside the window. 
I don't understand what any of that was supposed to be about. Yeah, it was yeah, it was funny, but he he knows how to lockpick. He knows how to get into these places, <laughs> and it's it, it's clear that he's high up too. Because if you look out his window, like you see skyscrapers in the background, yep. it's the top of a skyscraper. So he's up there, <laughs> and there's like I... pigeon noises and stuff. I don't know. I don't know what this was episode was supposed to be. Like this part of the episode was supposed to be. Look, I think this is just fully establishing into canon. That Sam Winchester is in fact Spider Man. Yeah, we yeah. said it before. <laughs> that that elevator shaft, climbing out mm-hmm. of the window, and the usual suspects, and now this. I'm sorry, yep. he's he's Spider Man. Spider mm-hmm. Sam. Spider Sam. <laughs> Spider Sam. Can someone make that, please? <laughs> 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 and all of that to get like Scott's file and like a recording. Of his last session. And like, I don't think it told them anything that Ava didn't already tell Sam from her vision. Apart from the maybe the electrocuting thing, which is wasn't relevant, really. I felt there was there was one thing and I can't remember what it was. What else does the yellow eyed man say? He has plans for me. He says there's a war coming. And people like me. We're going to be the soldiers. Everything's about to change. The tape reveals that there's a war coming. That's That was the reveal. That was the what the tape kind of showed. They're listening to the tape and Dean arrives and looks through the window and sees, <laughs> sees Sam through the window and like assumes he's hooking up with this Ava girl. Yeah, I love that line. That's so good. <laughs> oh, you're better than okay. Sam, <laughs> you sly dog. Yeah, Dean's watching them outside the window being a creeper. And we see Sam and Ava again, like, listening to the tape. And suddenly the window gets shot in. So they sort of, like, run for cover. And the camera goes and we see that it is Gordon. Um, yeah. Waiting on the roof with a fancy rifle. Oh, my God, I love this scene so much. This lives, <laughs> this lives in my head. Like, I love it so much. So... We see Gordon and he's on the roof and he's lining up. It's very typical. He's lining Sam up in his crosshairs. And then (laughs) Dean runs up, shouts Gordon and like kicks him in the face. (laughs) Gordon! There's like a a weird shuffle. It's so funny. (laughs) It's not like a graceful like movement then kick it's like oh i need to get to this spot and kick (laughs) yeah it's great i love it it's such an awkward move yeah it's great they they have a little tussle so at one point dean's like punching gordon in the face and then like gordon gets the better of him and knocks dean out when i was watching that i was like someone's gonna fall off the roof someone's gonna fall off the roof no one's falling off the roof Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, like, Sam and Ava obviously find out the location where Gordon was at because, you know, Sam's a smart. And he kind of, there's no one there, but he finds a, like, a bullet casing or something. And he's like, oh, it's this type of gun. And he must have used a suppressor. And Ava's like, what is going on like who who are you <laughs> yeah. i think the lie is like dude who are you 
These are 223 caliber. Subsonic grounds. The guy must have put a suppressor on the rifle. Dude, who are you? Oh, uh, I just, uh, I just watch a lot of TJ Hooker. Again, like, this is a female writer, so it kind of makes sense. But, like, these are very sensible questions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, this is, you would definitely be like, what the hell? Who the hell are you? And the way he explains it away is so like you can tell he's lying it's like i watch a lot of tv basically as the excuse yeah. and it's like you you could have said that you were in the military or something like there's other explanations <laughs> just telling her a spy like at this point like so much weird stuff's happened uh you've told her about psychics like <laughs> just say you're an fbi agent like oh uh, yeah i'm i'm scully because we, we established that yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked when Sam gets flustered. I think it's really funny. Especially when, like, people point out, like, really obvious things to him that he doesn't maybe think is weird anymore. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, like we've seen in The Usual Suspect, and I think in the last episode, too. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, um, and again, here we see, you know, even though Sam is clearly on a mission to do what he wants, he realises that he needs to call for help, so he calls Dean. And surprise, surprise, Dean's tied to a chair. <laughs> I mean, obviously. I wonder it's... how many times they've been tied to a chair. In the whole of the series, how many times did they get tied to a chair? Tied to a chair count... specifically, too. Yeah, like it has to be specifically a chair. I'm going to say more than 25 <laughs> oh yeah absolutely like in a season there's gotta be at least four to five yeah instances of it more than 50 no there can't be more than 50 oh, <laughs> i don't know there's 22 episodes per season <laughs> i don't know it's but... about 22 per season like ah. Uh... Maybe. maybe, maybe, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you think they'd get better at being, like, getting out of it? I think they do get better at getting out of it, but you think they'd be, like, experts. Tie me to a chair, you fool. Like, <laughs> do you know how many times I've been tied to a chair? <laughs> it depends on who, who the capturer are, the kidnapper are, whoever. Yeah. Because if they're competent, they'll, like, remove, like, weapons and stuff. I feel like if you get tied to a chair so many times in your life, you would practice every conceivable way of getting out of being tied to a chair. Yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> very true. But they're, they're more practice on the job than practice outside. Because then, yeah. like, the thing is, you also have to think, how many times have they tied people to a chair? Yeah, also, you think they would also be better at it because how many people have escaped <laughs> from after they've tied them to a chair? Right, exactly. <laughs> that phrase tied to tied to a chair is like probably stuck with my head for the rest of the day. <laughs> it's gonna lose its meaning. And even though Gordon says it's not for revenge, it totally is for revenge. It totally is. Dean manages to tip off Sam through the mm. phone call. Hello, Dean. Sam, I've been looking for you. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm in Indiana, uh, Lafayette. I know. You do. Yeah, I talked to Ellen. Just got here myself. It's a real funky town. You ditched me, Sammy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Look, um, right now there's someone after me. What? Who? I don't know. That's what we need to find out. Where are you? 
Staying at uh, 5637 Monroe Street. Won't you meet me here? Yeah, sure. I knew there was a code word in that. I didn't remember that it was Funky Town. I was yeah, looking for Poughkeepsie, no. but um, it wasn't this one. I, I'm looking forward to when that comes up. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do like the fact that Dean says, bite me, to, to Gordon. Now, was that so hard? Bite me. Yes. Because, That's like, funny. I mean, it's something that he says to people all the time anyway, but it's just an extra, like, flair on, like, the fact the last time that they saw each other, they were hunting vampires. Oh my god, you're so right. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, I, I feel like I said this in the last episode, but I'm pretty sure that Gordon gets turned into a vampire. I mean, there's a couple of lines here that are pretty good. You're right, he's saying that it's not personal. My favourite line from Gordon is when he says, I'm not a killer, Dean. I'm a hunter. We're making a distinction here. I like that well, a lot. This is a big tonal shift. Because mm-hmm. in Bloodlust, he calls calls Dean a killer. Yeah. He says you're you're a killer like me, or something along those lines. So this is Gordon justifying to himself why he needs to kill Sam. And he's probably had to go through that since he found out like who he is and what's going on mm-hmm. with him. Because there must have been some moral dilemma in Gordon before he went on this hunting the psychic kids i don't think so well no i don't think so because he killed his sister that's true that's true actually so i guess when i I guess when you're as goal orientated as gordon is you'll say whatever you can to yourself to justify that you're the good guy Mm -hmm. his methods are not good guy ish Mm -hmm. at all but he kind of is there's there's something about how this next section is written that like Gordon's really not the bad guy. And actually he's right. He is doing his job as a hunter here, almost. Because alright, okay, let's just go with it while we're here. If Gordon had killed Sam, I mean <laughs> Right? Right? Yeah. I mean he, he would have stopped a lot of bad stuff from happening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gordon knows that Sam's a monster. Mm-hmm. We're now back with Ava and uh, Sam. He sends Ava home. You've done your part. I no longer need you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, I mean, after being shot at, mm-hmm. I don't think you would put a lot of argument against going home. No, I Even don't she, think so. She kind of does, though. She's like, but, you know, you're, you're going to the trap that I told you about. And it's like, well, I know about the trap now, so I'm not going to get caught in it. It's basically... Yeah. I guess you've been through a few things together, so now she's kind of worried about him, right? Um, and she does ask him to call to make sure that he's okay and that he survives. Yeah. So, yeah. Bye, Ava, for now. And then we cut back to to Gordon, and he explains how he find, found out about Sam. And essentially, he tortured a teenage girl who was possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that Dean asks if the girl survived. I do think that plays on his conscience every time he faces a demon mm-hmm. for a while. I think yes. after a while, they, they don't care anymore. <laughs> so, like, he's really showing his, like, compassion for humanity at this point. But Gordon doesn't seem to care. He's kind of like, well, it's just a casualty of the job, I guess. Mm-hmm. This is kind of attitude. Which, for me, makes the distinction of him being a killer versus a hunter. 
Because yeah. I feel like being a hunter is trying to save people if you can help it and not not treating humans who uh like as a means to an end you know what i mean yeah I, I get what you mean like it's not just it's not just about the outcome you know it's yeah. about how how you deal with it as well i think i really like gordon because he's such a possible outcome for dean like if you think about the pat like the sort of cross i guess a crossroads that dean is at mm-hmm. there's a few different paths that he could go down and i think the type of hunter killer gordon is is definitely an outcome for dean that that could have happened um, with certain events in his life and i think dean knows that i think that's why their interactions are so tense mm-hmm. because they are more alike than maybe dean would like them to be yeah definitely and i mean this this next conversation that they have i d- i don't know how intentional it is and it mm-hmm. can also the, what he's saying is kind of like a universal thing as well because yeah. he's he's talking about how can you i can't imagine like a human turning on his own race and like fighting for these people this demon tells me they have soldiers to fight in this coming war humans fighting on hellside you believe that i mean they're psychics so they're not exactly pure humans but still what kind of worthless scumbag you got to be to turn against your own race but you know the biggest kick in the ass? This demon said I knew one of them. Our very own Sammy Winchester. I think back to like American history of like this conversation would have been had amongst slaves. The people, the, the black people who then worked with their slave owners to be like higher up. That is kind of how I saw this conversation a little bit. And also in the like civil rights movement in the 60s and 70s when black people were were starting to date white people or the other way around when white people were starting to date black people this whole idea that why would you turn your back on your race like these people are evil like why would Mm -hmm. you do that so something about this conversation kind of i I don't want to say triggered me but like i don't know if i felt it was appropriate for a black person to be having this conversation with a white person but like i know i'm i'm bringing in like 2021 mindset to mm-hmm. a early 2000s show so this even though this kind of tension was still in like mm-hmm. the media and everything i don't feel like it had such a people were aware of it but weren't taking action whereas mm-hmm. now i feel like there's a lot more action involved like people are more aware and like sensitive to these kind of conversations to ha- that are being had but this is a trope though that I've noticed in a lot of different movies and TV shows where it's like, mm-hmm. and it's almost like flipping on itself. And that's, it, I've seen it a few times in different movies and stuff. And I think what they're trying to show for it is like, look how far we've come. Now we're able yeah. to have these conversations with, with people who were previously in that situation. But what it actually does is come across as quite insensitive <laughs> <laughs> and maybe yeah. a bit um, out of touch. Uh, another thing, where where this is kind of universal it was again in uh, u.s history during the cold war with communism Mm -hmm. too like the people who converted to communism like how could you turn your back on like american principles was basically so it's not necessarily just a race thing but my brain went there but then he's also he's not he's not making it i'm making it about race he wasn't he was making it about the human race yeah 
and so this is where I'm like, they probably did this by accident. It probably was not <laughs> intentional in the slightest, but it was just, it was very, very weird to ha- see this kind of conversation happening between a like a black man and a white man and just like <laughs> the the takeaways that you can you can have from a conversation like that yeah i think that's totally true and you're right it's weird sometimes to watch these tv shows and things with the 2021 mindset because i do think like how did you un- unintentionally write <laughs> something that has more layers i guess it happens all the time <laughs> particularly in supernatural weirdly yeah <laughs> like Christ. because we've seen how they tried to do a racist episode and it's not well done no so it's i think it was it was completely by accident and like not realizing how it will age because we just didn't know how like that certain things were gonna be in place <laughs> well exactly there's no way you could have you could see into the future in that way on my journey of being living in america i got exposed to some some good things and some unfortunate like headspace things so <laughs> Yeah, anyway, to lighten it up a little bit, um, <laughs> we can kind of go back on track. So Gordon actually reveals every that he knows everything. He knows about the coming war and all of the stuff that they've been struggling to find out yeah. since the beginning of this season. He found mm-hmm. out super quick. And I guess they didn't want to resort to torture. So it kind of makes sense that... Yeah. But at the same time, they kind of know how... To, Dean made a pretty good... I don't know, I'm thinking about Crossroads Blues where he traps mm-hmm. the the crossroads demon yeah he got what he wanted without necessarily torturing her i mean i don't know how painful an exorcism is mm. they don't enjoy um, it i don't think <laughs> yeah yeah we also find out that gordon's actually a very good hunter because dean questions that he said well you believe that demon well mm-hmm. and he says actually i verify through other people that sam has these psychic abilities and he he mentions that he has his own connections at the roadhouse which kind of leads me to believe that there's like a second not not second but like a underground roadhouse inside the roadhouse (laughs) (laughs) like like there's the surface level and like but there's this covert operation underneath or they just gossip a lot you know it's one or the other (laughs) i think this is it and i think alan kind of confirms that later on they're just big old gossips and I think it's interesting. Dean has a, like his a smug face for basically the majority of this conversation until he's like Gordon reveals that it was someone at the roadhouse that sort of told him everything. Yeah, um, and it just sort of like falls away. He realizes what Sam's secret is, um, and it's probably regretting that going to them in the first place. Like he's probably being like, "Look, my theory is true. Can't trust anybody." Yeah, because Dean didn't want to go to them with it those issues in Simon said and Sam mm-hmm. was very adamant that he wanted to go and ask for their help so I guess this is kind of the comeuppance of that yeah I mean so again they're sort of sitting around having a conversation and Gordon kind of seems a little like remorseful that he has to kill Sam because I think he respects Sam because he's, mm. he's seen the skills that they the Winchesters have but he knows ultimately for the greater good that Sam Sam needs to be killed I mean, then he's right. Let's be real. (laughs) Sorry, Sam. They're all going to be killers, Dean. We got to take them all out. And that means Sammy, too. Is Gordon an anti-hero or just an antagonist? I don't know. I feel like Gordon may... uh, I feel like anti-hero maybe fits him more. Mm -hmm. 
Because I mean, the things he said, I think, I mean, first of all, he equates Sam to Hitler, which is just weird. Yeah, I know. Like, that never works. Like, don't do that. It's, um, I don't think, I don't think that that argument works. And I, I feel no. like it doesn't work on Dean for this reason. Is that, see, there are parallels here, though. Okay, let's talk about it. So, Gordon says, like, you know, if you know you had someone traveling with you who eventually was going to become evil and destroy the world, would you not kill them to save it? Right? Mm-hmm. And Dean doesn't agree. Now, and this is parallel. Like, they do, they, they bring this up in those episodes. But if you think about Dean's relationship with Jack later on, mm-hmm. he really doesn't equate what happens here with Sam to that situation in a good like it Sam even brings it up like it, it during those episodes like look you gave me a chance like you mm-hmm. didn't think that I was going to become a monster like why are you looking at Jack this way and I think when we get to those episodes obviously we can talk about that more but I think the parallels in these episodes where you're thinking about how much he's protecting Sam and like how much he's convinced that um he's going to be good is really interesting when you look at what happens with Jack later on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you would think with you would think with Jack there would be more leniency yeah. because he has been raised by good people. Like he yes. hasn't been raised and same with Sam. Yes, John is an idiot. But he didn't raise Sam. Dean did. Yeah. And again, like, the argument doesn't work. If you have someone who's, you know, you think is going to become evil in the end, would you kill them or would you maybe try to change them? Like, right. And I think Dean's always lead towards the changing them. As has Sam. I don't think there's... A, yeah. I, I, that's why some of the stuff was... I, I, I do get it. It's more complicated than what I'm saying here. Some of the stuff with Jack didn't always sit quite right with me in those seasons because I was like, well, Dean's been through this before. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are extenuating circumstances to that as well, which we won't go into now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also find out that Gordon's going to double booby trap the place that they're in, the, the abandoned yeah. house. Like, they, they are all really accomplished hunters. It's kind of crazy, but they are. Because he kind of predicts how Sam's going to mm. approach the house which is exactly yeah. how sam approaches the house it's true there's something else so as as he kind of uh is anticipating sam arriving he he gags dean mm-hmm. and oh, God, what gordon says here is just like awful but here's the thing it would have wrecked him but your dad if it really came right down to it he would have had the stones to do the right thing here. But you're telling me you're not the man he is? I wrote here, Gordon has pegged the Winchester family, like, completely. Yeah. He knows exactly what they're like. Mm-hmm. Because I I said this in the beginning, I do believe that John would have killed Sam. I think so, too. I think, again, like I was saying, like, I don't think yet. I don't think yet. But there would have been a point where he definitely would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think makes John a complete coward. Yeah. Because he he passed on his, like, irrational fear that his son might, you know, destroy the world and gave it to his other son. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, this is it, isn't it? Like, the burden of that is insane. And it's it's the worst. 
is it the worst thing that John Winters has ever done? I want to say that it is. Maybe. Uh, I think so. That and, that and uh, the flashback, you know, the, the first time he tells Dean to protect Sam by killing the yeah. monster. That, mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's obviously the catalyst, so that's usually, like, going to be the worst. But his dying act is probably the worst. It has to yeah. be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, again, which that redemption, he doesn't deserve it. Doesn't deserve it. <laughs> We see Sam arrive at the house and events are playing out as it was in the vision at the beginning of the episode. He sees Dean through the window, like tied up in gags and like, mm-hmm. and we see him pick the lock on the back door. And then it goes back to Gordon and Dean as we hear an explosion. Mm-hmm. And then Gordon's like, wait for it. <laughs> yeah. And then the second one. And Dean's distraught face is like, killed me. It killed me. Oh my God. Like, can, I can't, and he's faced away from the explosion too. Yeah. Oh my god, it's gonna be, it would be absolutely devastating. Gordon goes to check the traps to make sure that, like, it's done what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. He sees, like, shoes by the explosion. <laughs> yeah. And Gordon makes a joke here. So Sam, like, comes up behind him, points a gun to the back of his head. Yeah. And he makes a joke. I can't remember exactly what the joke was. <laughs> shouldn't take your shoes off around here you might get tetanus i'm like do all hunters react this way <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's snarky like <laughs> i mean i guess they don't want to show fear so they show like amusement instead but like yeah. um i i think they just all watch too many action movies i think so i they want that that schwarzenegger one-liners they just want them all <laughs> I mean, Sam gets his hair. <laughs> Do it. Do it! Show your brother the killer you really are, Sammy. <laughs> it's Sam. <sighs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, there's, a, there's a fight that ensues after he's Yeah. Said. Of course there is. I mean, that's not going to be the end of the episode. I mean, Gordon brings out the worst out of the Winchesters. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the way he is. Like, there was a moment where I was like, he's not actually going to shoot him, is he? That's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, is he going to shoot him? I think he might. I At this point, I don't think they would have showed Sam kill somebody like this. Maybe later on. But the, the thing that got me thinking is that they know he, Gordon has a reputation for being very persistent the vampires said it in Budlust, like he's yeah. the person who will just hunt them across so like of course gordon's gonna do that with them if they don't do something so sam gets to dean and like releases him after he unties dean like i just love this little moment dean looks at sam and like takes in his face and see where he was fighting with gordon like his face is bloodied mm-hmm. and like he goes to storm off to like I don't know, protect his little brother or something. Like, he hit you in the face. Like, kind of thing. And I don't know, I just loved that a little bit. It was really great. Yeah. And Sam says something along the lines of, like, oh, it, it's sorted, like, it's handled. Son of a... Dean, no. I let him live once. I'm not making the same mistake twice. Trust me. Gordon's taken care of. So, do you think that Dean thought Sam had killed Gordon, or do you... Sam says, like, oh, I took care of it. And then, like, Dean doesn't go check on Gordon. So do you think Dean thought that Sam had just killed him somehow? I don't know. I don't know if maybe killed, but, like, 
made it difficult for him to escape. Yeah. What Gordon's been saying the whole time, isn't it? Like, oh, he's a bad guy. Like, Sam's terrible. He's going to be a monster. And Dean doesn't believe that. So I guess when he comes out and says he's taking care of Gordon, there's no expression on Dean's face that thinks he could have killed someone. Like, Mm -hmm. it just seems like out of the realm of possibility for Dean. And also, like, there was no gunshot. That's true. So there is that. But, I mean, obviously, there's more than one. Like, you don't have to just kill someone with a a gun. Like, they could Mm -hmm. have stabbed him or something. Oh, one thing that bugs me, actually, for this entire sequence before, like, this whole fight stuff happens. Gordon's nose is bloody from Dean's fight. Like, he never cleaned himself up. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you you have a rag for a gag, but you don't have a rag for your face. (laughs) Just too hyper-focused on what he's doing to have time to clean his, like, bloody nose. Yeah, and then Gordon comes out jaw-wielding guns, which is amazing like why hasn't this happened so far like with any of them and he's just gordon is amazing yet terrifying yet horrible i don't know i feel like they they miss a chance to like make him more if they could have converted him to an ally yeah that would have been great yeah like they they would have had a really strong ally their ideologies are too too far apart (laughs) dean's like yelling this is what you call taking care of (laughs) as they like jump over an embankment it's just really funny and as gordon is approaching them and is about to like shoot them proper police arrive Mm. and i even now i know saying that so much rage Mm -hmm. so much rage on and i was like but it makes sense because he is not a good person so but yeah. also Sam's a snitch. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm pretty sure they were told to never call. Like, the things that Gordon could tell the police about yeah. all of them mm-hmm. is, that was a huge risk. But at the same time, I think Gordon is so wrapped up in the life that he wouldn't reveal Yeah. everything. Gordon's um, not a snitch. Yes, uh, uh, Gordon gets arrested surprisingly peacefully. I can't yeah. watch. I cannot. I cannot watch these kinds of scenes anymore. Mm. Like it's it's too it's too much. And they find we all know that that would have happened. It wouldn't happen, especially dual dual wielding. He and has like, two guns. <laughs> talking about suspension of disbelief was this arrest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So they find all the guns in his car and stuff, and and yeah. So Gordon goes. I'm I'm guessing that Sam, because Sam says anonymous tip. Yeah. So he must have told them about that hidden compar- compartment because they go the police go right to that compartment. Yeah, I think so. And also, he does say later, like, oh, well, they could maybe link Gordon to Scott's death. So I feel yeah. like that was an implication as well. Because mm-hmm. um, um, they they probably have the same kind of file on Gordon. Because I feel like hunters are kind of messy. They're not. Mm -hmm. They don't clean up after themselves very well. They don't wear gloves often. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, So I'm sure that there's an FBI case out there regarding Gordon. I mean, the woman he beheaded ended up in a like county morgue. So right, exactly. Even though she was a vampire, I think at the moment I I thought that was quite interesting that Sam. I guess for. 
I guess for Sam, this is the best outcome because it's taking Gordon off the board without killing mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Mm. And and they do know that like Gordon is skilled enough that he could escape. He yeah. did. They do mention that, but it get, has given them time to like get away and come up mm-hmm. with a, I guess, a way to. I don't think they would ever be able to convince Gordon that Sam's not going to turn evil. No. But come up with another way to like deal with him. <laughs> well, it gives them time to solve the Sam problem, and then yeah. be like, "Look, we solved it. You don't need to be hunting him anymore." And then we have a really fast confrontation with Ellen. And, I mean, she kind of confirms that there are other smart hunters out there. We don't know. We never meet yeah. them. Gordon said he had roadhouse connections, Ellen. And this roadhouse is full of other hunters. They're all smart. They're good trackers. Each of them with their own patterns and connections. Look, hell, I could name 12 of them right now. They're capable of putting this together. I am sorry about what happened to you, but I can't control these people or what they choose to believe. And that's that was basically it. That was the the, the whole conversation that they had. Was I think this was almost shoehorned in, right? Yeah. <laughs> For an explanation as to why they don't work with other hunters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. So, like, oh no, you're not really going to see any other hunters in this season, or often Never. because <laughs> they view sam and dean like this so sucks mm. to be you <laughs> i mean sam did get a little bit of a stink eye when he went into the roadhouse with the other yeah. hunters but i feel like that's how other like i feel like hunters are a bit gatekeeperish. yeah Out for good reason yeah, yeah. Because, like, survival. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was i mean that was pretty much it like that was yeah the conversation of like you told them no i didn't there are other people that could figure it out oh okay bye (laughs) so it turns out ellen wasn't involved apparently Mm -hmm. though i'm still not sure (laughs) (laughs) this last conversation in the car this episode oh it's it's, there's a another little bit after but i really liked it because it kind of shows how far they've moved on from this episode of like the beginning of the beginning conversation where they're talking Mm -hmm. about John and the secrets and everything. Dude, you ever take off like that again? What? You kill me? That's so not funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is funny. I mean, Dean says it's not funny, but it's funny. Oh no! Look, before we get into this, I am promising this uh, this episode. I'm not going on a rant about the finale. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah right as we talk about this conversation i'm not doing it i'm not doing it (laughs) i'm tired so so steve apparently because he says (laughs) all right so where to next then one word amsterdam dean come on man i hear the coffee shops don't even serve coffee i'm not gonna just ditch the job screw the job screw it man i'm sick of the job anyway i mean we don't get paid we don't get thanked only thing we get is bad luck well come on dude you're a hunter I mean, it's what you were meant to do. I wasn't meant to do anything. I don't believe in that destiny crap. You mean you don't believe in my destiny? Because he wants to go smoke some weed, I guess. Like, that's the implication. (laughs) Yeah. He he wants to go to a coffee shop that doesn't sell coffee. (laughs) Okay. And then he's basically saying, like, I don't want to be a hunter anymore. Like, this job is terrible. There's no pay. No one thanks you. Like, why are we doing this? You know. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, all the all the things we've questioned before. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> Sam kind of says like, you know, you're a hunter. That's who you are. Dean says like, I don't, you know, I don't believe in in destiny. Mm-hmm. And Sam follows up with, you know, not my destiny. So yes, Sam's right. Dean can't afford to believe in destiny. Because if he does, then everything is already laid out and Sam isn't mm-hmm. going to be a monster and take part in this horrible war and they can't change anything. But if Dean doesn't believe that there's like destiny exists, then they're able to stop it. Right. They yeah. can express their free will, as it were. <laughs> oh, I don't know why here, but like, I think this is partly because I got really into The Witcher in last year, but all this talk about destiny is giving me real Witcher vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is very much bordering on the fantasy realm, right? Yeah, I like, kind of like it. There's, you could make a lot of parallels between The Witcher and Supernatural, I feel. A lot. Yeah, you Maybe could. Maybe one absolutely. day I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, um, you could. Um, yeah, so it's kind of weird that, you know, Dean doesn't really get his way. Like, he doesn't really get to have a break. And that they are going to oh. just sort of, yeah, that they are just going to continue, like, hunting. But it kind of, it does kind of make sense at the same time. Because this is still, they haven't made that switch to it being about Dean yet. Yeah, I agree. Um, So, of course, they have to continue with Sam's story. Otherwise, I feel like if, if they had... If they had made the conscious decision to make it about Dean at this point, they would have had like a, a throwaway episode of them on like a beach somewhere. <laughs> I want that episode so badly. You don't understand. Do. You don't I understand. Can you imagine on like Bora Bora or somewhere like that with like crystal clear oceans and like? I want it to be like one of those anime filler beach episodes. You know yes. the exact ones I mean. <laughs> yes, they 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 have a beach ball competition and yep. go on some haunted, which turns out to be real cave. Yep. It'd be so great. <laughs> Sam finally kind of acknowledges and appreciates Dean's protectiveness at this yes. point too, which I I really liked. I thought that was really good. Look, Dean, I've tried running before. I mean, I ran all the way to California, and look what happened. You can't run from this, and you can't protect me. I can try. Thanks for that. And, I mean, that was kind of the end of the conversation. They were just like, all right, we're going to continue. Well, yeah, because, you know, Sam basically says, like, he he wants to continue this. Like, he wants to, to carry on with the investigation, and so Dean needs to stick around if he wants to protect him. Mm-hmm. So Sam is the one driving this now. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like, to be fair, I think a reluctant hero is more interesting than someone who's like all gung-ho all the time. Mm-hmm. So I can see why they did it this way, um, because it's nice to have that conflict. But mm-hmm. I think it is really interesting that this, in this episode, that shift is kind of, I mean, it was coming, but the fact that, yeah, Sam's captured captaining captaining is that a word sam is the captain mm-hmm. of this hunting train i don't know what i, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like get what it. you say he, he's mm-hmm. the um almost the pioneer yeah 
let's go. Yeah, let's go with that. So, um, if this ends in a bitch and a jerk, because of course it does. <laughs> of course. They haven't done that for since like episode one, right? I think so. Yeah. It's been, it's been a long time. It, it felt Ooh. a little weird. A little forced. It's a little bit. A little, forced, <laughs> a little, a little bit. Forced. And then Sam calls Ava and she's just getting her voicemail. Um, he can't really get through to her. <laughs> what Dean says here is a bit homewrecky. He's like, because Sam tells Dean that she's engaged. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, Dean. No. <laughs> They don't care. They just go from town to town. Like, so. there's no consequences. <laughs> right. And, of course, they get to her house. They break in because they see it's empty. Mm-hmm. And the fiancé has had his throat cut. Mm-hmm. And he is dead. And they sort of start to look around the room. And, and Dean finds some yellow dust on the windowsill. And it's sulfur. Of course it is. It makes me laugh so much whenever they find sulfur because he like he looked at it like he didn't know what it was and then like touched it and like brought it up to his face like there wouldn't be the overwhelming <laughs> smell of eggs in the room. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know that's that's the thing. I was like, does as he was doing that, I was like, doesn't it isn't it supposed to smell like eggs? But at the same time, with a dead body in the room, I don't know. I've never smelled a dead body, so I don't know. And I hope I, I never feel do. Like he would smell the sulfur. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Sam finds Ava's engagement ring on the floor. Yes. Ending. <laughs> End card. <laughs> yeah, so she's gone. Like, where's she gone? Where's she going? Where's she been? What happened to... Mm-hmm. Is, is some of this Ava's blood? What's going on? Who knows? We do. But we're not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> totally true. Yeah. Though I think I did. Earlier. It's fine. Like... <laughs> This episode was a setup episode, like it needed to be in there. Again, I think it should have been two episodes. They could have cut another one from the season, maybe. I don't know, though. Maybe it would have only been an episode and a half. Maybe that's why. But, like, uh, yeah, I like it. I like that Gordon was back. You're right. He's an amazing character, and they should have done more with him. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Like, that could have been so interesting. Uh, Because... I feel like they actually could have eventually brought him over to their side once they realised who the actual big bad is. Mm-hmm. I feel like Gordon would have totally been on board and been like, "Yeah, kicking ass, taking names." He could have. He could have been another branch of the le- Men of Letters. How amazing would that have been? It would have been pretty cool. Though I don't know if he plays well with others. I don't know. I feel like. All right, we'll talk about this at some point as well. I feel like the Men of Letters is very white. Yeah. Yeah. Would it not have been real cool if they'd had like because they often refer to like hoodoo and stuff in these ep- in these episodes and things. Mm-hmm. Could they not have had like an alt branch of the men of letters who like didn't have all their funding and everything, who are more like mm-hmm. underground and like mostly like people of colour. Like I think that could have been really real cool. And yes. then they all think that men of letters are like idiots. Mm-hmm. They're like, why are they doing everything so complicated but you can literally just do it like this? But I think mm-hmm. that would have been really good anyway, yeah. It would have been <laughs> There you go. The, write up a script. Send it to Jensen. Or send it to <laughs> Chaos Machine. Oh, I used to read that. Get that done. I mean, because, yeah, it would be nice to kind of explore some of the other... Because we, we've seen a lot of European mythology. Yeah. We're not seeing so much African and, like, South American. Mm-hmm. Or even... Uh, we had a little bit of... We had, like, Southeast Asia with the Tulpa. Yeah. I mean, they didn't so. do 
I'm saying that like even like Eastern Europe, they didn't do Baba Yaga until season fifteen. Like that's crazy yeah, to me. True. That's true. So yeah, that was this week's episode. There were there were good elements, like um, mm-hmm. you know, our appreciation for Gordon, even though he is not necessarily a good guy. Yeah. He had the uh potential to be a good guy. Next week we're gonna be talking about playthings, mm. which is kind of a fun one. Creepy dolls. Creepy dolls. So you're gonna say that's creepy dolls. Oh yeah. <laughs> um and it looks so on IMDb the picture that's used looks like a behind the scenes picture because it's like yeah. Jensen with a giant like SLR, DSLR. <laughs> like, well, it's not in the they don't have the money for that kind of equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, thanks again to our good friend the pixel agora who designed our cover art and logos you can find that in our store in redbubble it looks really good on a cushion that's all i'm saying (laughs) if you want some cushion for the cushion (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) you should go check that out um also, if you would like to follow us we or comment on anything, we are everywhere. Tumblr, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. All the links are in the description. So come and talk to us because it's fun. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So this week, we met an old foe on our journey. We called the Purgatory Police because we're snitches. <laughs> <laughs> And hopefully, hopefully next week, with our playthings, we'll find a way out. Bye. See you next week. Bye. (laughs) 